This morning, the scripture reading is taken from James chapter 1, verse 1. James chapter 1, verse 1. James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes scattered among the nations. Greetings. Yes, and with that greetings, I invite our uh, Pastor Vincent to preach to us patience and perseverance. Well, let's come to the Lord and pray together once again. Father, as we come before you, would you grant us a mind of clarity as we perceive your word, would your spirit of truth lead us into the truth and let us learn and how to be like Christ and let us learn the wisdom that was manifest in our excellencies and the glorious Savior, Christ himself. In Christ, our most beloved name we pray. Amen. And this morning we will study and look uh, to the Word of God through the teaching of James. And we pray that in the Word of God would teach us and correct our thoughts and mind our actions. Now, as we all know, for those of us who are familiar with the book of James, as we turn to chapter 2, we will see the one of the most familiar verse. And we also can assume it is the central and the core teaching in the book of James. That is, faith without word is dead. Faith without work is dead. So in my version of the Bible, ESV version, as I scan through uh, these passages, you will see that at least 12 times the, the word words, W-O-R-K-S, is mentioned in this passage, which means Christians' behavior is very important. What you say, what you think, and how you behave in front of your family, your co-workers, your colleagues, your boss, the Christian's behavior is very important. So the book of James will tell us all about what is the Christian's behavior. behavior. But James has a very prominent teaching for all of us. Behind all those behaviors, there is one motive. There is one attitude controls all of the Christian's behavior. That is patience and perseverance. Wherever we are, once we lack this element, once we're lacking of perseverance and patience, we will have a very hard time. So above all, the book of James is telling us what is the wisdom of Christ, what is the wisdom from Him. But the wisdom is patience. But you might be wondering what's so special about this just one verse. What's so special about this one greeting? And many times when we scan, when we read a scripture, we might just skip over and skim over this not very interesting introduction. But as we try to put some effort into this just one verse, we will find much of the treasure behind all these verses. The story behind all the verse is very important and it will benefit all of us. So, today, so to, today we will look at this one verse, just one greeting, to look into the life of James and see what James would tell us and how he would expel all of the wisdom to all of us. So first of all, we see James was writing to the 12 tribes in the dispersion. And we would think that James was directly writing to the Jews, generally all the Jews people. 
But as we concern about James, he was the church leader in Jerusalem Council. So we have the reason to say that James was not writing to the Jews, but he was writing to the Jewish Christians, all of the Jewish Christians. And here's some tips: whenever we read the New Testament, there is a special arrangement. If we pay attention to the first paragraph in the New Testament, especially in the Epistle or the letter of the Apostle Paul, James, and John, you will see that the introduction will get us to the point: what was the author trying to expound? What is the author trying to tell us? What is the intention of the author? So as you turn to from the from verse one until verse seven, you will see there is a clear situation. James is briefly explaining that the Jewish Christians was facing trials of various kinds. So what was those trials? Let me just point out a few problems. If you turn to verse nineteen, they were facing the trials of relationship. There was some problem among the Christians. But if you turn to chapter two, verses one to four, you will see that they were facing trials of hospitality. They don't know how to host some people, and so on. And of course, that is just some of the little、um, problems and trials occurring in the church. That's much more we can explore in this letter. But above all, the teaching of James is that even in all of these challenges and trials, the lesson for the church is to preserve. Is to learn how to be patient in various kinds of trials. So picture that moment when you meet with an unpleasant people, when you dislike someone in your workplace, or maybe in the church, maybe in your school. When you see him or her, you won't punch him straight away, right? You will not nighty. You will be patient. What if right now there is a guy, a smelly guy, improper wearing, coming into the church and sit beside you, and you need to be patient, stay with him, and lead him, guide him or her to the worship service. So the Book of James has a very prominent teaching. We know that.、Um, one of the core and one of the teaching and practical for Christians' behavior is patience. But patience is also a wisdom. We know that James, we know that Jesus, he has a couple of brothers, and of course we know that book of James. It was written by James, but which James? From the Old Testament to the New Testament, we see a lot of James in the Bible. But which James? But it's clear that Jesus had a couple of brothers, as I just mentioned. This book of James was written by James, the brother of Jesus, Jesus' biological brother. And you might right now think that since this guy, this author, is the brother and the biological brother of Jesus, and we have any reason, every reason, to say that he is the perfect teacher, he is definitely qualified to teach us the lesson of patience, the wisdom of patience. But that's not the case. For those of us who are familiar with James from the Book of Gospel, we will know that he is not qualified to teach us patience, not even qualified to teach us the wisdom. Even as Jesus' biological brother, he did not believe in Christ. 
he did not believe in the office of Christ. He did not believe Christ is the true Messiah. And as we turn to the Mark, book of Mark, chapter 3, we will see that because of the efficiency of the ministry of Christ, Christ attracts so many people in coming in front of him and to the point that they don't have the time to settle down and eat properly. And right that time, Jesus' family came out and restrained and controlled Jesus, even say that Jesus is crazy. And that includes James. But what about the crucifixion? Where was James when Jesus was arrested and Jesus was crucified? Jesus, his own, James, his own biological brother, he ran away. And even beside the cross, you wouldn't see James appear right there. His biological brother ran away. His biological brother has disbelief. His biological brother was impatient with Christ. At this point, you might be thinking, what makes this unbelieving guy, what makes this coward to qualify to teach us patience, to teach us wisdom, who can't even stand persecution, who don't have the wisdom in the midst of trials and temptation? So from the book of James, and even from the life of James, we can at least conclude two things. First, he was impatient with people. And number two, he could not deal with the pressure caused by the situation and the environment. So he was impatient with people and circumstances. So my friends, how would you rate your level of patience? Are you a bomb that will explode anytime? Or are you courageously rise out your hand and say and confess that I am a guy with a lot of patience. I am a patient guy. We can first test our level of patience from the small things in our life. When you are in traffic jam, would you curse? Would you feel irritated in the midst of traffic jam? And if there is some unpleasant that the people you dislike in your workplace in your school how would you show your patience in front of that person how would you deal with all of the complexity of the administrations in your workplace as a parent are you always patient with the growth of your kids and as a kid as a children are we always patient with all of the advices from our parents? Now that's just a small part of our life. If we really want to expel all the examples, we wouldn't have enough time. But we got to confess that we are not a patient guy. Now speaking of which, do you recall a time when you lost your temper? When you involve in a serious argument with your friends or with your family in your relationship when you think about one moment that moment you broke a temper then you spoke something real harsh to that person and right now you think what if I be patient a little bit more if I be patient 
just more and more and more would my relationship with this person maintain be the same or perhaps you remember at once you preserve with something you preserve with your business you preserve with your dream but because of the pressure of the environment because of the pressure from caused by the situation that time and you gave up and why not whether you, what if you think if i preserve and be patient if i hansik it in that moment would my dream come true would that makes any different so for those of us who have been involved in the oil um industry you might know standard oil and you might also know the founder of the standard oil john rockefeller at the beginning of the business john rockefeller he has insufficient fund to start up this company so he and his partner clark they work together on how to build up this company so this his so this partner clark he found the uh, one of his ex colleague a rich guy mr gardner to give us to give them the fund to set up the company and of course john rockefeller was very happy about them but surprisingly this ex colleague from clark he looked down and dishonor john rockefeller because gardner this rich guy he wanted to change the name of the company at the beginning the name of the company was clark and john rockefeller it was a link name but whenever clark involved was involved in this company he wants to tear down the name of john rockefeller and put his name on this so it became gardner and clark now that was a shame and insult from this rich man the reason why this rich guy wants to tear down his name was because his name can brings many benefits because he was from a rich family because he was from a reputable family and that his name can attract many investors and customers that's an insult for the rockefeller but rockefeller told himself that oh god become about this there's a long way to go there's still a long way to go just become but that's a lie he even knew that he cannot bear with this situation In front of Clark, he told Clark, "That's fine. It's nothing." But inside himself, it's something. Something's burning inside him. He was impatient with it, and even so, he was even impatient with the attitude of his partner Clark. Always acting, he was. He is the rich man in front of him. Even looked down on John Rockefeller. That's the blatant provocation. So if we try to put our shoes in John Rockefeller would you still be able to tahan would you still be able to be patient with this man in front of you So to be honest if we are to go by our nature we would think that one of the patient of pet practice of patient is right now I tahan you right now I'll be patient But five years later, I will take revenge on you. I will bring you down. Well, maybe another form of patience is the patience of indifference. 
a total disinterest in the existing problem. And yes, we see the problem, but we just don't want to get involved in this problem at all. And we just want to make sure that my state, my benefits, what's protected. I'm good. Don't get me into this. Don't involve me. You can do whatever you want and I will just do my part and I pretend I won't see it. Neither of these are patients. The revenge forms of patient or the, the indifference forms of patient. But many times we think it is the practice of patient. But many people today say that if you believe in Jesus, your life will become better, better, and better. You will become a rich guy. But, this, but that's not true for the believers thousand hundred years ago. Because at that time, believers had more suffering, suffering in their lives for the sake of their faith by believing in Christ. And so today, we all must endure all kinds of trials and suffering for the sake of our belief. Because since we are not living in the country dominated by the Christian's worldview, and you will see that why the people upstairs, they enjoy lawlessness. And why must we be the one who endure and be patient with all these kinds of things, with all these kinds of mess? Why must we be the one to be patient? But the reality is that no matter how bad life is, no matter how sin tame people and sin tame the world, you and I must learn how to be patient. Patience and perseverance must be our character and must be the mark, the traits of Christians. But the issue is we are not born to be patient. So what do we do? Do the people and the environment change? need to change first or I have to learn how to be patient, how to preserve in every situation first. James and us, what we have in common is our lack of patience with people and circumstances. But God called James to be patient. To preserve and God change the life of James so in what way can we see the change in James life so the scripture begins with James a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus this is what a man who has truly learned the wisdom and the attitude and the idea of wisdom will cause himself. He knows his state and position before the Lord. James was no longer an unbelieving guy in Christ, nor he was irritated by the ministry of Christ. He could have begun his letter by proclaiming himself as brother James, a biological brother of Jesus, says hi to the church. He could even begins with, he could take the advantage of this biological relationship with Christ, but he didn't do it. He did not base his authority with his blood relationship with Christ. 
He called himself the servant of Christ. And of course, the word servant is intended to communicate the authoritative and the representative to be the God's spokesman. But the fact that James calls himself the servant means that he has submit his total authority to Christ already. He is now Christ. Now it's hardly to determine when James came to faith, but we can assume that when after Jesus' resurrection graciously appeared to his disciple, including James, either to instill or to seal his faith. And later, James, as we know, he became the pillar of the Jerusalem Church. In the Book of Acts, we see many acts of James: his reliance on the Bible, on the issue, the conflicts between the church among Christians, his desire for peace within the church, his gracious emphasis on the church, on the grace of the Lord, and his concern for the Gentile believers, not just his fellow brothers, Jews. So, what can we say? James is indeed transformed by Christ. He is a gracious, and merciful, and patient leader. So, as such, he was well qualified. We can say that he was he is qualified to teach us patience. Now, as I study the、uh, church history, the evidence proved that James had become a man of patience. At that time, the high priest, along with the other Jewish leader, they wanted to kill James. And one day at Pascal, when many people were gathered in Jerusalem, the elders, the the、uh, religious leader, called James to climb up on top of the rooftop, began to speak against Christ. Of course, James knows what will happen if he speaks something good about Christ. He will know the result. But when James climbed up to the rooftop, he proclaimed that Christ is the Messiah. Christ is the only Savior, and so on. The infuriated priests and elders—they were so irritated—pushed him down from the rooftop, and James was badly injured, though he was still alive. And right down on the ground, there was a man from the crowd, and suddenly ran, ran up, ran towards James, and gave him such a vicious blow hit on the head, and that his brain spilled out, and James died a martyr death, and he was sixty-six years old when he suffered for Christ. Do you see the difference? James was no longer the guy, the one who ran away. Think that when the religious leaders and the soldiers came to arrest Christ, he ran away. He was a coward. But James, after the installation faith by Christ, after his conversion, he chose to face people and all of his circumstances with patience and perseverance. He shows this every moment. Now it's true that James was be able to be a persevering saint, not because he has any ability, because we like him. Both of us, we don't have, and we're not even born to be a patient guy.
And although James has a lot of teaching on patience and wisdom on Christians' behavior, but the only thing that we need to eyes on was Christ's perfect patience. To put it sharply, Christ's perfect patience is the one that we should focus all the time. Perhaps the word from the Apostle Paul, taken from Timothy, First Timothy, chapter one, verse sixteen, could apply and summarize the work of Christ in the same James. But I receive mercy for this reason that in me, as the foremost, Jesus Christ might display His perfect patience. As an example to those who were to believe in Him for eternal life, Paul said he was the worst sinner, the worst sinner in his history. But Christ's perfect patience in Paul transformed Paul's life, and even in the same thing, Christ's perfect patience. Took on James' unbelief and impatience, and James lived a life of patience and perseverance. It was because of Christ's perfect patience, James can endure. James can be patient, and James can preserve. Now, my friends, unless we first know, perceive, experience the perfect patience of Christ, we would not. Be able to grasp the true meaning of patience. So, have you ever experienced the patience, the perfect patience of Christ in your life? Do you know what does that mean to be the perfect patience of Christ in you in your life? Do you know what it is? Do you realize that no matter how bad you are, Christ always loves you and accepts you with His perfect patience? Because how often we are like children who have temper. We insist on living and doing our ways in our own ways, and we get angry and we lose temper with people around us, including God. But Christ patiently loving us, how he patiently suffered for Paul and the Apostle James with perfect patience. He also loves you with his perfect patience. He preserved all of the tough moments for you. He knows you well. He preserved it for you. So, my friends, my family, brothers and sisters, let's come to the Lord and receive and know and experience this perfect patience today. Let go of our ignorant thoughts and come to Christ to receive this perfect patience and perfect mercy. Christ not only invites you to trust Him. But Christ also invites you to follow His example of perseverance. Christ calls all of His disciples to live the life of patience and perseverance. So, in Hebrews chapter twelve, verses one to three, provides us with the foundation of perseverance and patience. And the author of Hebrews says that as you run this path of life, you are to look to Jesus. Look to Jesus. Eyes on Jesus. Focus on Jesus. See how He 
and see how he despised the shame and endured the cross because of the joy set before him. See Christ endure the cross, despise the shame. So what was the joy set before Christ? Is it not the joy that he brought to us by the cross? Is it not the joy because of the victory through the cross? Is it not the joy that he wants to give all of glory to the Father? The joy set before Christ. Because of the joy set before him, because he was eyeing on something glorious and eternal, pain is nothing. Shame is nothing. Because Christ has already seen the transcendency and the excellency of the cross. His sight is not in the pain. His sight is not in the shame, but only heavenly joy. Brought to us and gave all the glory to the Father. So my family, brothers and sisters, your life is like running off this race track. Don't look on the track and don't look on the races beside you. Keep your eyes on Christ. Eyes on Him only. The more you think about the patience of Christ, the more you think about the shame, the crucifixion, the insulted, the mocking of Christ, on Christ, you will know the patience. And you will experience that patience in Christ. So Christian's patience is not about revenge. Christian's patience is not about indifference. It is about imitating the patience of Christ. You are patient on purpose. You are patient on patience while seeking to make some changes. And patience while looking to Christ and ongoing patience. It's all about Christ imitating Christ. So what can we do? If you can't stand a situation, think about Christ. Think about how tough trials and circumstances that Jesus endured back then. If you don't have patience with your children as they grow up, pray to Christ immediately. Pray that Christ will grant you patience to deal with the family issues. If you are being abused for refusing to do something illegal, go to Christ immediately. Go to the body of Christ immediately. Go to the church immediately. Seek your brothers and sisters because the church is the manifestation of the glorious Christ. The glorious patient, perfect patient of Christ is manifest in the church. If you listen to someone, pray to God you can listen patiently. So God calls us everywhere to live the life of patience. When you begin to think and look to Jesus and pray to Him, even during trials, God will grant you power to be patient and to preserve. Because every Christian, we need to have a victorious mind. In Christ's perfect patience, he has a victorious over death, trials and suffering. And in Christ, I can do it. In Christ, I can be patient.
Now, have you ever thought about that you can make difference and change with your patience and perseverance? If Christ, in His perfect patience, has changed the life of His disciple, and He used His disciple's life to live out the life of patience and perseverance to change the world and change some people, if you rely on the perfect patience of Christ. What will be the result? And perhaps we would not see the change in short term, but by Christ and in Christ's perfect patience, the change is a yes. So from this day onward, my brothers and sisters, let us have patience and let us draw ourselves to Christ. Be in Christ every single moment. Imitate His perfect patience. With your family, with your friends, with your colleagues, with the situation and circumstances, together we learn, be patient, and preserve in Christ. Let's pray together. Father, through the perfect example of your beloved. Son, that we can know the meaning of patience, and also we can learn how to be patient, and we can receive all of the power from you. So, Father, guide us as we run this life. Let all of the children before you eyes on that beloved and glorious cross as they run this life. Let them experience your perfect patience, and let them run victoriously. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen.